This is the Foreign Affairs Inbox, and we're coming to you remotely on a joint conversation about the season. I'm Robin. And I'm Lucas. What surprised you the most about the way the U.S. election played out? I would say that the most surprising thing to me was how naive some people were heading in, thinking that this process would be done within a day or two, when in reality there were lots of legal challenges and stuff that ended up stretching election season almost to Christmas. What about you? I sort of figured we wouldn't have results on election night, but I thought it would maybe be later that week. What interview did you feel you learned most from this season? Or what shocked you the most during one of the interviews you conducted? I really enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Shin. Something that really surprised me through our entire conversation was really how little things had changed under the Trump administration. Um, I study Latin America and China where there have been really substantial changes. But in Africa, it's sort of always been on the back burner of foreign policy. It really shows where there's room for growth and change in American foreign policy. And maybe we will see improvements in the coming years. The most surprising thing to me was during my interview with Dr. Ortung, where he was describing how U.S. energy and climate policy in the Arctic might have changed in terms of rhetoric. But like you said, there was not a ton of difference in actual policy actions. Going into that interview, I had read about lifting of restrictions within the last month or so regarding Arctic drilling. And I had been under the impression that those restrictions had already been lifted because the Trump administration had talked pretty frequently about trying to increase drilling for oil in the U.S. and around the Arctic. So that was just kind of Um, surprising to me that that particular um, viewpoint from the Trump administration that they had said they were going to do, they didn't really actually try until the last few months of his presidency. Considering how strong the Trump administration's rhetoric has been about lifting environmental policy, that that's something that hadn't actually happened despite how much they talked about it. Where do you think the U.S. election has had the most impact on how world politics are happening right now? That's a tough question. Possibly Europe has been impacted pretty heavily um, just because um, with climate policy, the Biden administration will presumably um, be more open to joining international agreements, rejoining Paris, and then also things outside climate policy, like the Iran nuclear deal. I think that has really impacted Europe and European governments. I think under the Biden administration, you're likely to see this sort of return to politics as usual or whatever we consider that to be now. And it'll be interesting to see how people react to that and whether that's something that people are reassured to see after four years of really unusual political times or whether it's something that people really don't care about as much as political pundits in the U.S. think that they might. When it comes to climate policy or social issues, there's a lot of change that has happened over the last four years. And so I'm curious to see whether the new normal will be going back to 2016 or actually finding um, a version of 2020 And I guess moving forward 2021, 2022, that lets people push for change and continue to be really successful in advocating for things that they care about. Some of the things that I would like to see under a Biden administration 
look more closely at um, security assistance programs, whether they be through the State Department or Department of Defense, um, just in terms of like what countries the U.S. is supplying weapons to, especially um, autocratic countries that um, do not align with like the U.S.'s stated goals of um, promoting democracy. And then also with regards to policing, I would like to see um, less overseas police assistance based on how um, Dr. Schrader was describing the ways that that has not gone particularly well um, for people in those affected countries. I think it's really important to have conversations about the places where U.S. foreign policy goes wrong, because often those aren't things we talk about until like a decade or decades later. And it's much harder to learn from things when you're not being critical in looking at what the United States is doing across the rest of the world, especially because we have so much influence. On a fairly different note, I'm going to be really interested to see the way that a COVID vaccine becoming widely available plays out across the world. Healthcare workers are starting to be vaccinated, but there's a huge difference between vaccinating tens of thousands of nurses and ER doctors and vaccinating 320 million people in the United States and 7, 8 billion across the world and how that impact maybe isn't equal across countries. I think it'll be really difficult to get a vaccine to rural and developing nations. And unless countries like the United States and international organizations are willing to step up and help that effort, I think we're going to be dealing with the impact of the pandemic a lot longer than we have to be. Yeah, equity in vaccine distribution is something that's going to be um, really important. I saw um, that there were some estimates that um, some developing countries might not um, be able to have everyone vaccinated until um, sometime in 2024. So that's obviously um, something that would not be optimal. Environmental policy has to be the priority for the next four years. Um, obviously, things like carbon neutrality and the transition to green energy are hugely important, uh, but also looking at ways to adapt to climate change, not only because it's important to protect the environment because the environment is good, but because of the way that environmental degradation and climate change interact with security issues and interact with economic issues. There would probably be more conflicts over resources just because there would no longer be as many resources if we continue on this path. I think there's a lot of potential for climate change policy and adaptation to be something that does bring the world together. I think the sort of negotiation and global consensus building that happened when the Paris Accords were originally negotiated was really impressive. And I think that sort of global consensus and really understanding that this is a problem that has to be solved and everyone has a role in solving is really powerful. We hope this season's topic gave you, our listeners, something to think about. We look forward to the next season, bringing you the latest analysis in international affairs. Thanks for listening.